Welcome into Buccaneers Insider presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here and we are finally done with all seven rounds of the NFL draft. Quite a marathon few days if I feel that way I can't even imagine how Jason Light and all of his staff feel so we're going to get into all the nuts and bolts of what the Bucks were able to accomplish and Scott I know that I'm incredibly excited by what I've seen and, and I want to take you round by round to hear your thoughts on what the team was able to do. Let's start of course with our round one pick Tristan Wirfs and, and tell me what you think about this pick and the fact that one of those big tackles was able to come to us well first of all I love the draft every year but I also love it when it ends because after a while it gets to be a grind uh, and like you said that was obviously more so for Jason and company um, one thing I would say about this draft as a whole Casey is that as a Big Ten guy myself I think it was an outstanding draft <laughs> what do you think <laughs> each of our first five guys played in the Big Ten Keyshawn Vaughn was at Illinois before he transferred to Vandy but as for Tristan Wirfs you know, sometimes the lead up to a draft and all the analysis uh, assumes one thing and, and in the end, it's something completely different. That wasn't the case here. I think the Buccaneers felt the same way that just about everybody analyzing the draft felt that they their number one need was a, a tackle who could step right in and that there were four guys that were clearly the top level and the Buccaneers really liked several of them, but they, they've had their eye on Tristan Wurst for quite some time. So you saw how important that was to them when they got to – the 13th pick on the clock and San Francisco, San Francisco's on the clock and the Buccaneers traded up one spot. And, and you know, what that means is they're worried about some other team leapfrogging them and getting that player that they wanted. And that's not a totally unusual move, but it doesn't happen all the time. And it just clearly indicates how important it was to the Buccaneers. That was plan one, one a, and obviously plan one B wasn't going to satisfy them nearly as much. So you know, you add this guy who's just unbelievably athletic. Um, he had an amazing career at Iowa, and he's obviously the the favorite to step right in at right tackle. I'm sure Joe Haig will give him competition there. But the Buccaneers wanted to get somebody that could be a long-term answer. And another thing about Tristan Wirfs that Jason Light uh, said he did like is that this is a versatile player who can play on both sides of the line. And while the team loves Donovan Smith, there's no harm in having a guy that could have some value on the other side of the line down the road. That's a great point. Okay, now let's move over to day two, rounds two and three, and tell us what you think of the Bucks picks there. I asked Jason uh, right before the draft on Thursday, if you go into the second day of the draft looking for specific positions or if you just see how things develop, and he said you just see how things develop. And I, I know he was being honest there, but I also think you also don't want to give anything away. So as a GM, you're not going to say, we're looking for this, we're looking for that. But again, running back, safety, two Everybody felt on what is actually at this point looking like a really loaded roster. Those are a couple spots that could use a little attention. Just simply by the numbers, the Buccaneers needed to add a running back. And as you saw, they actually drafted two of them. Uh, and safety was the position that Bruce Arians has said on several occasions this offseason was the part of the defense that is the least settled. And you hope that Justin Evans comes back from his injury. And then Mike Edwards, a third-round pick last year, becomes uh, an important player but it doesn't hurt to add more talent there and let it shake out. And Bruce Arians says they love to be versatile with their safeties. You could see two or three of these guys getting on the field together. So Antoine Winfield Jr., whose father was a great player for a very long time, actually played seven games against Tom Brady, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s new teammate. Uh, he, this is a guy that played all over the field for Minnesota, big play guy. That's what you want to add in your secondary. We need some big plays from that part of the defense. And then how about on day three, especially, that we're going to go to, you know, we 
They didn't have a fourth round pick because of some of the trades that they had made. They had a fifth, a sixth, and then they ended up with two seventh rounders. They still had four picks total in day three. So let's start maybe with the rounds five and six picks and tell me what you thought there. Yeah, I'll do that. But before that, I think I forgot to talk about Keyshawn Vaughn in round three, just real quick. A guy that they think is versatile can, uh, in his post final post-draft press conference with both Bruce and Jason tonight, um, Bruce said that this is a guy he thinks can be on the field on all three downs. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to necessarily be your number one guy because you still have Ronald Jones, but he's a guy that they're hoping they can split out. He can run some routes and so on. So a versatile guy really, really what you're able to do with your backfield there. Um, one of the things, another thing about this draft that struck me is that for the first time ever, Jason Light made a trade up in the first round in his seven drafts as a Buccaneer. We just talked about that. But after that, he didn't make any other trades the whole time. And that's something that he's done a very good job of in previous drafts, making small trades up usually, a couple times a little trade down, but often small trades up just to make sure you got a guy like Quan Alexander or Ali Marpet. Wasn't necessary this time. I think that has a lot to do with depth at certain positions like wide receiver. So the first thing that happened, you had to wait a while uh, today on day three was Tyler Johnson in the fifth round because your fourth round picks were traded away in the Gronkowski trade and the Tristan Wirfs trade. So you had to wait till the fifth round, but because the wide receiver position was so deep this year, this is a guy that probably in a lot of years would have been a third or fourth round pick. Extremely productive at Minnesota. And director of player personnel, John Spitek, told me, this is a guy who just knows how to get open. He's a great route runner. He can, he can, he says guys with his physical profile are often good short to intermediate route guys, but he can also get open deep because he just knows what he's doing. He was a great high school quarterback in the state of Minnesota. And John Spitek said that lots of times guys that were great quarterbacks and then transfer or uh, move over to wide receiver, it gives them an advantage because they have an idea of what the quarterback is looking for. And, and they have a good rapport with quarterbacks. So uh, I think that was a real nice addition to the offense. He'll obviously have a shot to be the number three there, um, competing with Justin Watson and Scotty Miller and some other guys. And, and that's an exciting addition, I think. I think that's a real nice value pick uh, for the Bucks there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really nice question to some of those later day three guys that I know sometimes people can kind of tune out of the draft before you get to some of those later picks, but they can still end up being impact players for a team. Absolutely. And uh, in the sixth round, Leal Davis, defensive lineman, he actually played because of just what Nebraska needed last year. He played kind of like more like an end last year, even at 6'2 and 310 pounds. But the Buccaneers think he's more of a three-tech guy, what you'd call an end in a 3-4 front. They think he can play uh, in sub-packages. He could also play his nose tackle. He had eight sacks last year. He ran a 4.76 40-yard dash at 308 pounds at the uh, combine, which opened people's eyes and made Jason Light. Jason Light said he was sitting next to Bruce Arians when that happened, and they, they looked at each other and like, I think we need to go watch more film on this guy. And Jason was more than happy to grab a Nebraska guy, obviously, giving his roots. So uh, as John Spitek said to me, you know, we obviously kept our defensive front intact. We've got Indominus Sue and Vita Vea and even Nacho and guys like that coming back. But it, you never can have enough quality, athletic, guys with potential that in your front seven for that rotation because that guy's going to play 15 to 25 snaps even if he's reserved and you just don't want to have a big drop off when you take Indomitian and Sue off the field. So one Nebraska guy to rotate with another Nebraska guy and hopefully you keep it strong for every defensive snap. And yeah. then uh, we picked up a couple seventh rounders in those two aforementioned trades uh, before the a couple days ago the Bucks didn't have any seventh rounders. So 
when you get in the late in the seventh round, you're looking for traits. You're looking for a guy that has this or that. And he would have gone earlier in the draft if he was a full-fledged prospect in every way. But you're looking for traits. And you got a guy uh, from you, – you got the Temple guy, Chappelle Russell, who overcame two ACL injuries. They really like how much he loves football. He's a leader. He's a hard-nosed guy. He obviously um, worked really, really hard to come back from that. And then he was productive. At the very least, he could have a shot to be uh, a standout on special teams. And then the last pick – was uh, was the running back from Louisiana Lafayette, um, Raymond Calais, and he, Bruce Arians called him a joystick. He said he's kind of like a you know you get the idea of the guy you can move around in the video game really fast. They think he can uh, they think he can split out and be a mismatch. They can do gadget stuff with him. Uh, he might even be a kick returner. So this is a guy that you're late in the seventh round. You're like we love his speed. He's not a big guy. He, uh, Bruce called him sort of like a much smaller but faster version of David Johnson who he had so much success with in Arizona. So, you know, nobody's going to sit there and say your seventh round picks are going to be stars for sure, but they pick guys with traits that they think they can utilize. And, and Bruce said he thinks there's a possibility there's a role for every player in this draft on the team, which is exactly what happened last year with the exception of Perry Peck. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think people forget about the special team side of things, especially in those late rounds. Yeah, both of those last seventh rounders, whether it be as a return or coverage guy, you end up playing a big role. And that can be a huge part of your team. So thanks, as always, for all of that analysis. We'll let you get back to writing a million stories about all of these new draft picks. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Make sure you stay tuned to Buccaneers.com for all the coverage of these draft picks and those undrafted guys that the Bucs are going to be signing over the next day or two. We'll see you next time.